Alexa, turn into the Espro TV podcast. Tonight's musical guest, two of Chicago's finest MCs, give it up for Common and Kanye West. It's common sense. Kanye West on the Dave Chappelle show. Everybody gotta eat, right, y'all? It's the food, baby. We're gonna skip baseball because we got plenty of fucking juice from this. Um, no one cares about baseball anyway. I'm not gonna for lie. a hot minute. You know, uh, what up? I'm not gonna lie. I, I really appreciate Esther, bro. He uh, he really does his best to keep baseball alive in my life because <laughs> I also don't really care about baseball. I'm not like uh, I'm not like Izzy. I'm not like well, fuck baseball. But I'm like uh, like uh, meh baseball. I love Izzy, like, but when... Izzy's like a lot of pro black shit. In... So <laughs> and I understand how racist fucking baseball is, where it's just like it's not black enough for me, man. If we go to another locker, sure, we're gonna do is that. Baseball done? No. Yeah. No. You know, I, w- I was all on board, you know, if, uh, you know, if, if the Sox, if the Sox would have did it, if they would have took out the Astros, you know, like I would have, I would have been in, I would have been. I know. And I was, I, I was telling you to stay there. engaged and I told you, you and yeah, I would I, get pennant I, tickets if that happened. Yeah. But you know, it, it didn't happen. Then I was like, all right, fuck for a I'm going to tell you this straight up though. Okay. If we get another lockout. And the only way baseball returns if they just literally say all bets are off and say fuck the old people and say, yeah, we don't care about the integrity of this game anymore. It's obvious that we don't. Yeah, so fucking Pete's in, Barry's in, the fucking, you know, juicers, they're all in. All bets are off. They don't give a fuck anymore. And free my boy Doc Ellis. Put him in the hall. <laughs> you can Yo, free if Doc you Al- can free throw Doc a Alex. fucking free no hitter Pete, on acid. You deserve to be in the fucking hall. Fuck you. Yo, yo, free my boy Doc Ellis. Free my boy Pete Pete Rose. I'm sorry, but Barry Bonds and fucking and McGuire can. Barry's suck my ass. Barry's Both on the boys. fucking final year on how he could get in. And you know if if the fucking writers say let let them eat cake. They're all going to write in no. fucking Pete Rose at the same time because they're going to allow betting because Foresight's going to drop knowledge on that too. So here's what it is. Pete gets in yes. to, the, to the hall. Right. Pete didn't cheat when he played the game. And Pete is a Hall of Famer Yeah, from what he did on the field. Right. Not as a coach. Right. What he did as a coach doesn't matter. Exactly. Barry cheated. Or at least we believe he cheated. Yeah. His Hall of Fame career starts in San Francisco, mm-hmm. not in Pittsburgh. That's true. That's fucking true. So then right. what, as do, a, does as he go as a pirate? He's Hall of Very Good. As a giant. He's a Hall of Famer. He's the greatest ever. He's the greatest giant ever. Right? He blows Hank's Aaron's right? Yeah. Um, yeah. We're we're getting sidetracked on this, on the reality of it all. If okay, the the lockout is inevitable. Baseball is looking at being uh, endangered if this happens. And short and sweet, I don't want to rain on Atlanta's parade. Congratulations, the Atlanta Braves, winning your second overall World Series, uh, contributing to the plenty that you had in your franchise. Um, but if I do not get baseball 
And if it dies in this country, you could bet your sweet ass I'm moving to Japan. I don't give a fuck. I become a Hanshin Tigers fan, and I will be in a country that fucking loves baseball that Dude, and fucking that. appreciates it. It's gone. Can I, can I ask a question? Sure. As the, uh, as the person who's not super-duper into baseball, so... So a, a lockout is inevitable. Why is it's likely because so the CBA expires. The the mm-hmm. players alliance with their union and the league, which is all represented by the owners, mm-hmm. expires on the first of December. Like Detroit. When when he says that a lockout is inevitable, what he means is like they've known since probably like I would say before this season that came up that there was no chance a CBA was gonna like a CBA agreement was zero Matt like yeah like there was no shot that's not even this year happen that's that's a couple years ago was it like I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a couple years in where like they they've been going back and forth. The players' association and the owners have been going back and forth about this, and they're not going to come to an understanding so at any point. Shares, is this shares of profit kind of thing, or it's all about the Benjamins, baby. Players don't believe yeah, they're making enough really. when they're fucking being paid over fist. Fuck you, pay me. And the owners are fucking greedy toad fucks that think like, well, I'm not milking enough out of this franchise. When you know the fucking whole concept of going into sports business in the first place is to burn the fucking money that you've made and just keeping something open for the hopefuls that should and want to play sports despite that knocking on the door of possibly being extinct in this century. It's just like, it's a recipe for disaster. Like neither side, neither side is willing to lose. The owners think they're spending too much money. The players aren't, aren't thinking to make, they're making enough. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, well, you can say whatever you want about the popularity of baseball. Let's be serious here. In a year where we have been allowed to go back to sporting events, both sides are making, like Esbro said, hand over fist money, Right. So these dudes are going to have to come together and just figure some shit out. I mean, I don't know. I think a lot of this goes back to, and DJ Forsyth can probably expand this a little bit, how you know, when we had a period in the early 2010s where players were getting way, way, way overpaid, there was almost a negative effect where then you saw a lot of guys who, I remember a couple of years ago, me and I part of a conversation, we saw so many guys that were free agents, it made us fucking cry. I mean, like, guys that were literally all-stars the previous year were not on rosters. They weren't on rosters anymore. It boils down to a certain point. And as someone who worked in professional baseball for almost a decade, the owners don't give a fuck at all so long as the checks cash. That's what it boils down to. 100%. The players are expendable, minor league guys become major league guys, no one else cares. So we're going to get down to the primary reason why D-Truth the Professional wants his day in the sun on Estro TV. And this show has echoed, this subject has echoed time and time again between our show, and your show. I reflect on the time where we closed out 2020 and you had me back for the second time 
on Four Nerds, where we actually deep dove in one of the last, I believe it was the second to last special that Dave Chappelle released. And now, the day of recording, November 8th, Monday, 2021, we have wrapped all of Chappelle's specials that he had designated for Netflix. He has won his day in the sun of making sure he got his fucking payday so we see all of his notorious work on the streaming service. I got two for... What's up? I got two for forty. I got two for forty million. Like Chappelle, great. That bar. is a good bar. Great bar. Great fucking take. I love it. The more important conversation that we're having, despite being dedicated fans to this man's work and his craft, is talking about the controversy that has surrounded him and the ripple effect that you don't get to hear from the opposition because I'm going to be forward and this has no intent to piss off people unanimously. We all agree on the stance of where Dave is representing and where other people have even dug deeper to say he has made more to a point where people could learn about the culture that is trying to shut him out. Daryl, I will let you start with everything you want to talk about on this before we start the whole argument. It is your floor. All right. Well, so I want to say that I have a lot of experience with people who I hold in the highest esteem having the most egregious falls from grace. Um, I, you know, as as you guys know, like, I love music. Um, I'm a producer, I'm a rapper from Chicago, and, and, and Kanye West was a role model or a really huge influence, you know, in my life. And, you know, no need to go into all that that is happened there or is happening there, you know, but, you know, people who have been really important to me have made some mistakes or made some waves that has caused me to really, really, really question the respect and the reverence that I give to these figures. And, you know, they always say, you know, never meet. Can, I, can I cut into that core real quick for you? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I First of all, I agree. Because, you know, first things first, being someone who's born in the year of 92, Sammy Sosa joined the Chicago Cubs the year I was born when he got traded from the White Sox. Um, that was my first athlete that I was obsessed with that wasn't named Michael Jordan, being somebody that is from Chicago. When you see everything fall out from the man's career, even after the fact, it does hurt you. And those words does not echo f- 
fucking louder than you even said it. Like you don't want to meet your heroes. And that's a hundred on that. Okay. So that's where I want to relate on this. I want to know in a brief description on why some of the black community has abandoned supporting Kanye West. And I don't want it to just be about politics. Like what is the disconnect on people leaving Kanye West from what he was? I mean, is it the Kanye before Kanye before Kanye argument? So, um, and you said, you said that you don't want it to be, you know, just politics and, you know, it's certainly not just politics, but I don't think that, I don't think that you can really separate the politics with Kanye West. And I think that that's the crux of the issue with the Chappelle special. It's art. However, there are, there is influence and power in the art. You know, it's not simply, oh, let me make some songs about nothing. Like, there, you know, like Kanye West born from the people, of the people, you know, for, of the black people, of the common person, not the, not the person putting on the facade, but the person who is really transparently showing their emotions and talking about the everyday struggle of a person or the everyday come up, not pretending to be this gangster. So, and someone who is bringing light to the honest experience of, you know, what it is to be black, you know, and not simply, yo, I'm a gangster is, yo, shit is fucked up. And, and this is how I'm actually feeling, you know, from someone to go to that, to, you know, I love Donald Trump, you know, or, when I put on this hat, it makes me feel like Superman and I love you. You know, it's not just politics, but, you know, putting on that hat and, you know, because he was always very, he was always very arrogant or brash. But I think doing that and saying, let me put on this hat and I love you. I feel like Superman. That flies in the face of everything that every reason why why I was like a stand for Kanye or why he was a role model for me and then you go and put on the hat like that's absolutely nuts and it's a complete 180 from everything that you stood for and so I think that the hat was a big reason. I think that that was it for me. You know, it's like, dude, like, not, and we don't have to go all the way there, but I don't think that you can really s- separate the politics from it because that's the core of what the what the impact is here. And not saying that all Chappelle does is, be political, but there's a lot of commentary on, you know, inequality, you know, between whites and blacks and such. But what he's saying and the ideas that 
he's talking about has the the ability to really move people's attitudes about people. <laughs> no, 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 that's fair. That's completely what? fair. Here's my question. Does Dave even care? Right? Because like, Dave knows he can say whatever he wants. No. He's already stepped away from hundreds of millions. Right. And, and you know. He doesn't care. Dave is part of that same net with Kanye of not caring. And I'm not going to draw it back to Kanye, but it's just like the same thing. It's just, first of all, when Dave, Dave had a, a lot of representation of introducing a lot of culture to people that they did not understand. Example, and this is the one thing that I would love to tell Dave Chappelle personally. I would have never gone into the rabbit hole of what Wu-Tang Clan was if I did not see Dave Chappelle's shit. That is the impact on how Dave Chappelle is important to me as an individual. There's so many things we could all give credit to Dave for. Dave even yielded a certain part of Kanye West's career. That is also something we'd all point to. They both have their own philosophies politically. Even them saying that I'm rich, bitch, and not care about the whole fucking demographic that they represent. That is the bigger point. Fucking even Kevin Hart does that shit too, man. But here's my question. Like, did Dave do more saying, fuck it, I can't get canceled? Nothing you can say will cancel me. I'm Dave Chappelle. I've walked away from this whole shit before. Right, right. How Dave has stayed relevant. Did he do it intentionally? Yeah, of course he did. Of course he did. You've made this point before we started when we were like doing pre-talks to it. When it comes to the community that is upset and have been the ones leading the parade of trying to cancel Dave Chappelle, it is the people who represent the LGBTQ plus community who are trying to be extremely vocal that Dave is destroying the very thing that they believe in. When in fact, is that he is giving more recognition and more praise to your group. And that is huge from somebody who believes in civil rights as a black American. Daryl, is that something you could either agree or disagree from what he said in his stand-up? So, so I agree. And just knowing and having the experience of ingesting all of Chappelle's con, everything that he's done, like even from, you know, just the very first, like the very first Chappelle show episode, you know, it's like Clayton Bigsby, you know, and just enjoying that, you know, with, you know, with all the homies and going back and, you know, listening to the specials and listening to everything on Netflix, hearing everything that he said, like, I know that, yes, like, that's something I agree with. Like, as far as 
him honestly saying what's on his mind and bringing attention to to the LGBTQ community in, you know, through this work, like, I know and I do believe him when he says that the problem isn't with the LGBTQ community, it's with white people. And so I do agree. However, I think that the way that Chappelle has done it and just kind of going back and doubling down and taking up the mantle of or taking up the fight, so to speak, against this community and making the early jokes and not being as clever or funny or as educated when he first went in and made these jokes. And now he's had to come back and clarify and and rehash on this one. I think that I do agree that he like when he talks and speaks, he's starting a conversation that's very useful. But due to him not being as clear or clever or as skillful the first time up when he touched these issues, gave people the ability to rightfully criticism. So yes, I agree that I think it's important. Like he's like he's speaking, you know, what he feels and that's important for comedy. Um people have the ability to criticize him, but I don't think that he really does have a problem with LGBTQ people. He is, you know, he just has not or he wasn't as clever and so he had the redo like three specials talking about the same issues and and I think that's what makes the connection between him and Kanye for me because like I really believe that you know he's for the people and he is a really important person to me in my life but the way that he has made this stand like and the level of skill that he that he employed with these jokes just wasn't good enough soon enough for him to avoid, you know, this justified criticism. And it sucks. Cause everybody's, everybody's hating on my boy, but he deserves the hate. It kind of goes back to what Foresight says, like, and again, right. Dave has never claimed to be a perfect person. He's never claimed to, you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, does he really care if people are criticizing him? No. He doesn't because kind of alluding to what D true said is let's be serious. None of us are sitting here saying that, you know, Dave Chappelle is prejudiced against LGBT LGBTQ plus people, right? Because that's just not just not that just couldn't simply if you know anything about Dave Chappelle, couldn't be farther from the truth. But just like many other comedians, Dave doesn't like being told what he can and cannot say and what he can and cannot talk about. And that is part of the art of comedy. You know, and I agree 100% what D. True said about after the backlash from the first special, he absolutely could have configured it in a way in which it came off a little bit more poignant, a little bit more clever, and maybe wasn't so just, I don't know, brazen in the way that he just said, nah, fuck it. You don't like what Here, I say? Too bad. Here's the thing special. that I know what direction you're going with TV, okay? What Dave pretty much has done as a staple in comedy 
has put the explanation point to a topic that a lot of people are uncomfortable with having. And the one thing that I give all the basic, mm, I, I give all the credit to the genre of comedy because it basically was my outlet as a child on how I learned about current events, especially when it came to fucked up scenarios or what is happening in the political climate or what is the hot gossip that is going around the water cooler. I have always understood it from the comedy point of view. Dave put the explanation point on this that other comedians have done. This is another thing I want to talk about and bring the debate to air pod waves. This isn't the support. This isn't trying to drag beef or anything. It is a point that I want to make that is valid and needs to be clear. Dave Chappelle is cut from the same cloth of the following two comedians that are just as big in the entertainment industry. And he has worked with them both closely. They have also been on his show. That includes Joe Rogan and Bill Burr. We know very well that these two people have been very open about the same types of criticism. And they, in fact, have also endured the same type of lashes from the same community. Dave slamming the door on the same topic of what these two gentlemen have followings of and have been criticized is joining the same party. The difference is Dave is receiving more backlash than the two combined. It doesn't matter what all of them have contributed to entertainment or how they represent this culture. It's the fact that as comedians, they know how to bring the subject to light and make sure the audience are in the know from the entertainment point of view. The, the entire concept is for them to draw the light that this is in the know and people need to recognize it. They're not making fun of it. They're just trying to put the attention on how to recognize it and how it is in the industry. But the whole point of comedy is to notice and recognize a sense of humor. We cannot do that if we are sensitive about our flaws. I mean, that's the whole point of comedy sticks and stones. That's a fucking name of one of his specials, is it not? Some stones may break my bones. There it is. It's the truth. So Dave is a much bigger name than Joe Rogan and Bill Burr. Dave's in the GOAT conversation for sure. Bill and Joe aren't. So when Dave comes out and says, hey, I'm a turf, I support J.K. Rowling, he's going to get slammed hard because of his popularity and his reputation. But these other comedians, even 
Carlin back in the day would not have gotten this kind of heat. And then when you go through the goats, Dave, Eddie Murphy, Carlin, Pryor, Buddy Hackett, Bob Hope, whatever you want to, whoever else you want to add to that list, Dave's in a group where he just doesn't have to care anymore. He turned down a fortune to continue doing Chappelle show, came back a couple years later to do some Netflix specials, and he's at a point where he can just say whatever the fuck he wants because he doesn't care about getting canceled. And he's done more to advance the trans rights conversation with this than anybody else. I do. So I'm, I will agree with foresight um, to the point that, um, that a lot of people will receive Dave's comedy you know, it's more impactful because, well, he's a goat or he's just a better, bigger comedian. Right. Now, I will say that Joe Rogan, like, obviously, Joe Rogan has received his share of criticism for fucking everything, you know, because Joe Rogan's podcast is probably one of the most influential pieces of media that exists, you know, so... I think with the way that Joe Rogan gets criticized and the way that Chappelle gets criticized, it's similar in ways. It, it's similar in levels of heat, but different in the sense that Joe Rogan is getting criticized for opinions, opinions presented on a podcast, which isn't always given the comedic license, even though he is a comedian, but it's not like Joe Rogan is not getting criticized because of his comedy. Let me, let me pull something right there before, you know, (laughs) I got to keep TV on a short list or short leash on this too, before he goes rapping. Um, the one thing that a lot of people undermine about Rogan is that just like anybody else who's trying to make it in America is that he's had his back against the wall of what he did what he's done in his field work. Okay. We don't need to talk about what he contribute, uh, contributes to UFC because he is a student of that game. We don't need to dive into what he has contributed to the Fox news network because even when he was just a brief field reporter in that network, it was well preferred it took a fucking sharp turn to the conservative right either. Which also yields to the point where he's enabled a lot of the people from the right's opinion on his show. The one thing that I could give the credit to Rogan is that he has made sure that everybody is educated on the same level of everything of what's going on and it's not favored. But the problem is... And I even have done this with even more deeper research and more credit that I have to give to Mandy Hitake before starting this show. I love this woman so goddamn much. Shout out Mandy. Shout out Mandy. She's the best. Um, there, was, there was a doctored fucking video about all of Rogan in deep debates where he disagreed. And it even showed stances when he was on the left and even when he was on the right. 
I don't care if you consider Rogan as a conservative, a progressive, it doesn't matter. <laughs> the concept of Rogan's enabling media is exactly how you put it, T-Truth. He is there for people to listen to a lot of different things, but it is to educate the people on more than one platform. And this isn't an enabling factor. This isn't trying to pick size either. The point is, where I again draw this back to Dave, Rogan is probably, where I disagree with what a lot of people said is that Rogan is on top of his own platform that where he stands, he could see Dave. Dave runs the comedy world, but Rogan is in so many different dishes of entertainment where it's not just influencing the minds of multiple people. I understand where people don't care for his comedy. It's catered to the stoner demographic. If you're not down with doing ketamine, horse tranquilizers, whatever the fuck that he's doing to avoid COVID, okay? That's not a jab. It's not. You don't don't even have to do DMT or acid, all right? The point is, it's just, if you don't know the evolution of stoner comedy, you're not going to get Joe Rogan's material. But the other side of it is that Rogan knows how to get the goods and the juices. And that's what makes him a great reporter. That's why everybody tunes in. Dave and him complement each other a lot. They have worked together multiple occasions. They still respect each other. Mutual. There's no beef. There is nothing that Rogan doesn't believe in that Dave doesn't believe in. I'm saying that from a fan bias, but that's how the fucking two are. And I'm not trying to, you know, pry, you know, your camp D truth about trying to give them a chance or anything. It's just, it's the idea that anybody who's as big as Dave or Joe is going to see this level of controversy despite their beliefs. Because just as the same thing Foresight said, Dave went to bat to believe in what J.K. Rowling said. And D-Truth, it goes back to what you fucking said. Don't fall in love with your fucking heroes. It has been mentioned on this show. It's the same thing when we had your fucking podcast brethren on this show when we discussed all things Harry Potter. Do I have to fucking forsake everything J.K. Rowling has inspired in my childhood? No. But it's the same thing where you fall in love with the art and you don't fall in love with the artist. It's the same thing with sports, same thing with music, all things considered, even comedy. I, you know, you could try to introduce the Chappelle show to a Zoomer and you could probably get the opinion from them that over 50% of the material that he has on that sketch show is offensive to today's populace. But you, me, and everybody here would all disagree and say, like, this was the funniest shit when we were growing up. How the fuck are you offended by anything he does? Listen, at the end of the day, this this is what this really comes down to, right? I, I cannot agree more with the truth is that these people, we see them and they can inspire us, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we have to love the people, right? Like, to be honest, I've seen both Joe and Dave live 
and comedy multiple times, both of them, right? When it comes to stand-up comedy, there is no comparison. Like what Forsyth said, Dave Chappelle is an undefeated goat of the comedy game. And as far as pure stand-up comedy goes, I don't think Joe's in the same stratosphere as him. He's just not. Joe's as comedy, comedian, yes. He's, not, he's nowhere near no. Dave Chappelle. But there's a big difference right? between stand-up and a podcast. Yes, Dave is the goat when it comes to stand-up next to Eddie and Richard and Carla. Yeah. Joe's podcast is the pinnacle. Goat of podcasting. Pretty much. It's been the number one listened to podcast. I just looked up. It's been the number one listened to podcast in the world for the past 2019, 2018, something like that. No, you could go back even further than that. For a hot minute. For it's it's been for multiple yeah. years. It's it's been in the top ten. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. I, I think when it when it comes down to it, that's really what it comes down to is times they are a changing. Not to sound like an old head, but times they are a changing. What the fuck are you talking about, Bob right? <laughs> What I'm talking about is is there's certain things that Dave and other comedians used to be able to joke about. Bill Burr, Carlin is someone else that got brought up. They used to be there was comedy, whether it was f- slightly offensive or not. Sometimes the slightly offensive stuff was even more funny, like we pointed out with the Chappelle show, right? Uh-huh. It's, you know, unfortunately today, I feel like comedians in general, that's why you've seen a lot of comedians that won't perform on college campuses anymore because that audience, that Zoomer, you know, audience is not built for that kind of comedy. Then it's not what they're I'm gonna slightly for. disagree with I don't that know what they are. because comedy is still gonna present itself to college audiences. It's just going to evolve in a different way. No, I see you shaking your head foresight, but this is what I'm gonna say. If it's well, not well, stand up, well, it's probably well, Dave, improv. The country is turned into bitch ass niggas. Soft <laughs> and like fucking soft as shit. And to Yo. TV's point, like and I and well, to both of your points, yes, the comedy is going to evolve, you know, on the college campuses. And I'm I'm not gonna say that I've gone to a show on a college campus, but I have. TV has. Well, was it a bunch of bitch ass niggas there? Ari Spears. This was all Ari Spears. <laughs> it was ten years and, ago. Yes, this, this was, was ten, ten years ago, ago when Ari, Ari Spears was still riding that high. Ari Spears was heckled, and he still roasted this motherfucker and told him to get off people it, this is uh, again from the generation that watched him on mad tv okay and like nobody everybody knew ari spears's act that's how we did it it was the same people who else who else uh ari spears and we were supposed to see ralphie but it was right around the time when ralphie got sick so we didn't get yeah. to see him L- listen listen this my whole point with this is is when it comes down to why Dave doesn't give a fuck, right, or why a guy like Rogan can have people from the extreme left or the extreme right on is because at the end of the day, they have put themselves in a position where they're not going to be told by a network, by a corporation or anything of the sort that is going to tell them what they can and cannot discuss. Their number one thing has always been, I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about, whether it's Dave and his comedy or Joe and his comedy or Joe and his podcast and Bill Burr doing both the same thing, right? Is they're going to talk about subjects that they're going to want to talk about. If that's going to make people uncomfortable, that's those people's issues. That 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 is really what this comes down to. Is so TV. Think about this, right? At some point, you get in this 
area where you're making so much money for the network that you're basically protected. You can pretty much do or say whatever you want behind the scenes so long as it stays there. Like to the point of someone like Ellen, right? Who was insanely popular fucking Mm. everywhere. Disney movies, commercials, award shows everywhere. As soon as it comes out that she's even a little bit of a tyrant, canceled. Well, she's fake. Perfect example right there, and you read my mind, Foresight. Wait, 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 wait. Day Truth, why do you think she's fake? She is. Well, absolutely fake. I mean, it, she 100% the, is fake. The whole image. Why? I mean, if you look at the image that she sold on the show, like, oh, I'm this happy go lucky, super cheery fucking you know host and just really giving everybody fucking shit behind you know behind the fucking scenes and torturing people on set like like how is that like how is that not fake it's it, that's a perfect example d truth of someone who is quote unquote leaning into that you know that the the new age progressive style of media where I'm going to seem very friendly and I'm going to be very PC and all this shit. And yet behind closed doors, we've all read of what's going on. There's a reason why when her show came back on the air this year, I mean, views were down. I think it was what, like 70%, something crazy like that. Like literally two thirds of her audience just completely. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I want to, I want to be the medium about drawing the line. Okay. I want to be the medium with drawing the line. All right. First of all, when we talk about cancel culture, we talk about pretty much a group of people who are probably misrepresented and are trying to run the show because let's let's be real. They're the ones who are part of the entertainment industry when it comes to TV, movies, theater, etc. Right? Okay? Now, Ellen is a huge representation of the LGBTQ plus community. Okay. This was something that she was ostracized about that got her out of the, out of her basically line of work because it was something that was a frown upon when she fucking represented and stand out and said, I am a lesbian. She was ostracized for this. She lost Everything. She lost her show. She lost her spotlight. She lost everything. And she had to start from the bottom all over again. Can you blame somebody? And we're not saying that Dave had the same thing. Because he walked away. We didn't think he was going to start from the bottom. He fucking came back out with a bang. Okay? And it's the same thing with Ellen, how she won our hearts over, quote-unquote. And fucking even Harpo herself gave her the spotlight and passed her the fucking torch, okay? Is this the rock star effect of I have power again and I'm going to make everybody feel my wrath? Or this is my fucking shit and it's going to run how the fucking way I want it. Foresight, you are eager to get on the mic. Oh, the reason I said when Dave came back, he wasn't Dave. 
as a college student in the early 2000s, mm-hmm. when Chappelle show was the show. Right. Me, my neighbors, doesn't matter race, religion, Your whatever. bartender. We the guy who was driving the bus. Chappelle's on. Everything shuts the fuck down. Mm-hmm. Chappelle's on. Mm-hmm. Ellen's not that. <laughs> right? Right. So when Ellen comes off in the show as being super nice, but behind the scenes is a tyrant, it's a different world. Right? She got canceled. Oh, she's a bitch. She's this, that, and next, whatever. Dave is on a whole nother planet. And you can't, I'd have put Dave as this ad hoc Dave unicorn world. to the whole fucking existence. Mm-hmm. Ellen, not that. What, one, one thing I want to talk about there, there's been so much talk about this cancel culture and people getting canceled. And one thing that I saw about criticism for the Chappelle special, uh, a lot, an idea that I saw was that. Yo, is Chappelle really getting canceled or is this the way that criticism in 20 in 2021 manifests itself where you have a lot of people on Twitter on social media saying, "Hey, I don't like this thing that you've done." Like, is that really somebody getting canceled or is this people saying, "Hey, I don't like the way you're moving out here." And the truth are people just bored. I mean, yeah, it could it 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 could be it could be the combination of all of that. It could be one, you're bored, you don't got nothing else to do, and it doesn't take that much that many calories to pick up your phone, press Twitter and Twitter your thumbs and send something out there. That's got the same amount of value as somebody who really feels passionate about what they're saying on Twitter and put their tweet out. So maybe it's easy. Maybe this is just the easiest way for people to communicate, you know. So, like, do people really care this much? Is it really a canceling or this is just how technology has allowed us to communicate? They made it so easy for people to send tweets and people are simply voicing how they feel. You know, I don't and I know Bill Burr. A lot of people say, like, cancel culture is bullshit. And I do think it is bullshit. You can't cancel Dave. Like, can you cancel Ellen? Are we canceling her or saying, or is everybody the aggregate of the internet saying, you know what, you're fake and we don't like that? Is that a canceling or people are saying we don't like the way you're moving out here? I think that's a good way of explaining it. Is it really kind of is that's how you get criticism these days is what's trending on Twitter, right? The fact that if, you know, whatever, you know, you know, cancel Dave is trending on Twitter, that is what people are seeing. That is how we get our information these days is through our phones, right? So if somebody is saying all that stuff about, well, why is, why is people, why are people going after Dave for? It's, you know, I, I would consider someone like Ellen more of actually like, like, like you said, someone like Dave, I feel like it's really hard, like, to cancel a comedian outside of something like the whole Chris D'Elia thing, right? Like that is a touchy subject and people can make of that what they want, but something like that, could you quote unquote cancel someone for it? Yes. And is cancel culture bullshit? Of course it is, right? People should not lose their livelihoods over making a singular mistake because it happens. 
You know, everybody's made mistakes. We all have here. Every single one, one of these famous people we've talked about have. But to go back on what Esther said with the with the Ellen Rockstar effect, do I blame her? One hundred percent, I blame her because it's not an abuse of power, right? It's not like when you've read things about, you know, like for example, when Rogan has his show, right? Just because this is who we're talking about, I'm gonna try to draw these parallels, right? When Rogan does his shows, you know, people come in, they get tested for COVID right away, and like Esther said earlier, when they come on, they're going to discuss something they're going to make sure that the person they're talking with is knowledgeable about that subject, right? And Joe is almost acting in place of like the listener trying to be educated on a certain subject, right? When you read the shit that happened behind the scenes at the Ella DeGeneres show, that w- it wasn't that. It wasn't saying that I've been working at this shit for 20 years. I wanted to run my way. No, no, no. This was a clear abuse of power, people being, you know, reprimanded for no reason, people being, you know, just a complete definition of what a toxic work environment is, right? And I think the way that people were easy to jump off her show is a definitely a a result of quote unquote cancel culture and people kind of just freaking out and being like, oh well, Ellen's over. We're not going to watch her anymore. And it, it'll you know we'll see if it does end up you know coming around and seeing what happens. But when it comes to something like that where you're putting on a facade. And then it's shown that that is not who you actually are. I think that is much more of something that people should maybe get quote unquote canceled for than a comedian making a joke that is maybe a little bit too risque or making it to an audience in today's world that is quote unquote too sensitive or soft as baby shit, whatever you want to call it, right? Like, We've all heard bad jokes. We've all heard dirty jokes, inappropriate jokes, racial jokes, homophobic jokes that are funny. And we've also heard ones that are not funny and they're inappropriate and it's just basically disgusting, right? It was It's a bad attempt at a joke, right? I think what we've seen here and why this cancel Dave Chappelle train has gotten so riled up is Dave's fuck it. Is Dave saying, I'm not apologizing for what I said. I'm going to double down on what I said, actually. Do I agree with that? Not necessarily. You know, like what D. Drew said, I think when the first special comes out and certain things are said, there is definitely a way you could go about it more intelligently to maybe kind of play the system a little bit in a sort of way to like, where you know where the the, the, the hot button is, you know where the big red button is, where if you're going to hit this, this is what's going to end up on Twitter. Kind of maybe skirt around it. But something like Ellen is like, how do you come back from that? You know, when it comes to cancer culture, yep, just holding a motherfucker accountable for their bullshit. In some instances, yes, and in some instances, no. Right? Like we could all see why someone like Ellen could become not popular with the crowd anymore because of the the duality of her personality when it comes to what she portrays on line and on her show is what comes to what is what we've read on like the BuzzFeed news article, whatever you guys want to watch, you want to read. Truth. About, right? what, truth. What do you got on it, man? I, so I really, I really just think that, you know, it does come down to, it comes down to the way that we, 
we communicate, you know, on the internet. Like, is she being canceled? Should she be canceled? Uh, is she being canceled? No, but she is being fake, and it is fucked up. And the way that people are communicating, you know, over the internet, you know, makes it seem like canceling or, you know, it's... Quick, 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 quick. Squid Games. Half, half pick, okay? J.K. Rowling or Ellen DeGeneres, who are you going to cancel? Everybody answer. Rowling. (laughs) (laughs) Ellen. One for one, TV tiebreaker. Ellen. There it is. Well, so what... Harry Potter lives. What I will say is I know a lot of people, and myself included, I'm like, yo... uh, I'm not going to listen to R. Kelly anymore, but I'm still listening to M- Michael Jackson. It's like, well, fuck. I'm not. Like, Michael Jackson. I don't give Michael any more plays. What? He's really good. Yeah, yeah. man. But this goes back to I do to not Beatrice. give Michael any more plays. This goes I'll back remix to the Beatrice. fuck out of both of them right now. This, facts. No. Do it. Drop it. No, listen, don't do it. Listen, Please this, don't. This is what we went back to talking about when we started this crazy long segment about D. True saying you don't fall in love with your heroes, right? Like hundred percent. No one is sitting 100%. here saying what R. Kelly did or what uh what Michael Jackson did or even like what Bill Cosby did was right. No one is saying that. Does that take nobody away- nobody's batting for Bill right now? And I love Bill Cosby comedy. But, that, but this over, is my point, over right? the TV show. This is my point is if you watch Bill Cosby stand up or you listen to Michael Jackson's music or even to a point some of R. Kelly's music. The art is fantastic. That doesn't mean the person is fantastic who's making it. You know, it's just it's just the way it is. I bring, unfortunately, you know, I bring that up just to say that uh, I pick Rolling, but I really do think that what Rolling has created is significantly more awesome than what Ellen has created. And I was like, oh fuck, you know. Agree. Agree, hundred percent. And so, I certainly wouldn't take R. Kelly, you know, over Michael Jackson. And I think that Michael Jackson, what he has created, is like an order of magnitude incredible, much more incredible than R. Kelly. Even though, you know, Shy Town and you know R. Kelly was always playing in my childhood. But um, Rolling, uh, you can be mean to some people, but I think uh, what Rolling, you know, what Rolling was pushing was a, a bit more, a bit more dangerous. No, I agree with that 100%. And let's be serious here, right? It's we're, we're all having fun and games with these with these votes and shit like that. Obviously, neither one of these women are in particularly great situations based on their own mistakes. Still rolling. Right? <laughs> <laughs> fuck, fuck, marry, kill. Ready, guys? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, 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 no. Please enable that. No, no, no. Who, no, who, who, else, who else are we throwing in this I'm mix? Not, I'm not enabling any of that. Uh, so, like... Who? <laughs> Hillary Clinton. Famous women who have been canceled. Famous women that have been canceled. Who else been canceled? Uh, Hillary. Uh, wait, who is Marjorie Taylor Greene? No. Who is Liz Cheney? No. Hillary Clinton's kind of hot. Kathy Griffin has entered the chat. Chelsea Griffin. What'd she do? That's my favorite joke from Rush Hour during the fucking bloopers where fucking Chris Tucker keeps trying. He he could not nail that line. Watch the bloopers again in Rush Hour 1. He kept fucking laughing. Who the fuck you got? Chelsea Clinton? <laughs> That's so funny. He could not oh, I think fucking contain himself in that joke. 
It's funny as fuck, though. It is funny as fuck. Chelsea Clinton literally fucking initiated that whole stereotype in all fiction that had to do with the president. Video games, books, movies. Kidnap the president's daughter. That's that's literally the gimmick of the plot of any action movie that was for America in the 90s and 2000s. Everybody fucking banked off that shit. Listen, at the end of the day... Wasn't Ellen a stand-up comedian for a hot minute too? Like, didn't she tr- used to do stand-up also? Bro, yeah. where is this disconnect? She was just like Rogan. She was dismissed from her community, and she had to rise up once again. Ellen's stand-up is undefeated. It really is. Oh, watch got, her fucking material. I, I got to go back and watch uh, watch her early stuff because you know, just like Seinfeld or, you know, Ellen's new stuff on the Netflix, like this show was kind of, or her re- yes. recent stuff was kind of, eh, but I gotta, I gotta go back and listen to the old shit. Her signature fucking shit on her come up with God's conversation with a woman is parallel to George Carlin's seven words you cannot okay. say on radio or television. Okay. That That is the closing point where I say this and the difference of everything. It doesn't matter if it's a white woman in power. It doesn't matter her platform or anything else. Okay, Ellen is more present in everything in connection that Dave was not. That is where Dave has the advantage. Dave says, fuck social media. He makes that point several times in every single special. Okay, It wasn't just the recent one. He does not care. He got paid. That's why fucking TV dropped the bar on it. Chappelle is paid. Did you fucking watch the Dave Chappelle show? No, you didn't. What was the signature? I'm rich, bitch. He fucking paid for Donald Rawlings fucking, you know, whole setup. Like Rob Schneider was in Adam Sandler's pocket. Come see, come saw, motherfuckers. Okay. Dave isn't going anywhere. And he's a huge staple of this culture. Love it or leave it, it's not going to make a matter of difference. As I look back of the first year of this podcast, if this is the most controversial episode we ever have on this show because we are discussing something that is hot on the stove, not just on the mainstream media or the political climate or anybody who's offended or defending this matter. We're speaking the voice of reason of people who admire the arts, not just of comedy or music, anything that involves the entertainment. Dave Chappelle is a huge staple for all of us here. And you know, where he's making his point is that he's putting more recognition so that people can hear what the LGBTQ community are fighting for because he makes that point made in his material. And, 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 and I'll say this. I'll say this. Like, obviously, you know, Chappelle being one of my heroes, it, it, it strikes a chord. But what, what, really, what really got me like really, really into this is that like me expressing my appreciation for for this art led me to have a conversation 
a really, really intense conversation with one of one of my trans friends. And it was it was a conversation in which really challenged everything that I believed in to the core. And, you know, this particular person, this particular person had doubts for, for my love, you know, for them. And I think that what's, what's comforting about this conversation that we're having now and the conversation that I had with my friend was that it brings up like these are the things that matters like people's identity and and people like the essence of a person is what i was discussing with my homie and i went into that conversation just thinking like oh day it's like how could i offend this person or my friend doesn't think that i think that they're a person however because of Chappelle being so unfettered by, you know, capitalism or unafraid to be canceled, he said what he thought, and and I appreciated it, and I was able to have a conversation, you know, with my friend in which I was educated that I got to understand more of who they are, and and even though. Chappelle went ham in some respects. Uh, we all got closer to the truth. And I think that that's what's important about, you know, comedy. And I really felt like an asshole saying like, yo, man, Chappelle, Chappelle's out here, you know, doing it. Truth, but, truth. I don't want you to feel like an asshole because uh, you're v revealing more truth in the concept of what the message is yeah. in the art. And, I, and, I and, don't and feel that's like an what asshole. I want your word on it. Yeah. And I don't feel like an asshole, but... I felt going, I felt that being challenged on what you actually believe and, and having honest conversations with the people that you love is what's really fucking important. And, and even the conversation that we're having now and, you know, me coming to, to an understanding that, you know, it's not people getting canceled it's not the it's not dave's getting canceled it's this is how the conversation is conducted in 2021 you know it's it's art that's getting us closer to the truth you know no matter what it looks like and i think that that's really powerful it's powerful shit that's a beautiful fucking thing man that's I love that truth there entirely. But that's the essence of all like performance art, whether it be comedy, music, or drama, or visual, whatever you want to call it. It's to get people to feel something that they never felt otherwise. One thing about music is that when it hits you, you feel no pain is probably the best lyric I have heard anybody wrote. And that is originally in Trench Down Rock, most notoriously performed by Bob Marley. And I don't know about y'all, but 
this is some in-depth conversation. And Bob normally discussed a lot of philosophy on a certain substance that I know we do not dismiss or condone on this podcast. I mean, I think that's when it comes to the bigger problem. Hold on, right? like hold we're, on. We're, we're kind of all hold over on. the place. I'm going to let D okay. Truth there because you cut him off, my man. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I was cutting you off. I was just saying it was the funniest thing that was on a TV. Yeah. Ever. That's all I had. All right, my bad. TV, you back. <laughs> <laughs> this this man, Asbro, cuts everybody off. It literally says, hey, I'm going to cut you off real quick. Like Kanye at the VMAs. Hey, D-Truth, I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to piss all of you Dave off. Dave Chappelle had one of the best comedy albums I'm going to piss all, all of you off. It wasn't Kanye that did it first. It was fucking ODB. You know why? Because Wu-Tang is for the fucking children. And y'all need to fucking learn that since day fucking one. Okay? It wasn't Kanye that did it first. It was ODB. Listen. Uh, ODB rushed the stage. Listen. God damn. <laughs>